The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Awaken to the Divine Within. You're listening to UnityOnlineRadio.org. Empower yourself and get inspired to build the life of your dreams. Welcome to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Welcome to Everyday Peace. I'm Dr. Drayvon James, and I am super excited to have you here with us today as we explore the concept of living a life of peace every day. Peace defined as wholeness, completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken, totality. On this program, we talk about the philosophy of everyday peace as a system for us to achieve our next level of greatness. We also bring you the guests and the topics that highlight opportunities for us to learn and to grow and yes, to laugh and be entertained because that's all part of the life journey, right? So if you were here with us last week, and I hope that you were, we had two amazing guests. We talked to Julie Fitzgerald, And she opened up our eyes to the benefits of journaling. You'd be amazed at what it can do to relieve stress and to increase creativity and create deeper relationships. Um, We also talked to Dr. David Wilcox, who talked to us about how to avoid being a victim of the American healthcare system. He gave us wonderful, everyday, practical tips to be an advocate for ourselves or for our loved ones. And if you missed either one of those guests or any show that has been on, you can go back and listen to our shows. I strongly recommend that you do visit our entire library. There is something in one of those shows that speaks to a situation that either you or a friend or a colleague is having right now, I promise you, you can access our entire library of shows by subscribing to the Dr. Drayvon James Everyday Peace Podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. Or you can listen to them on the unityonlineradio.org website. Please also avail yourself to the marvelous, marvelous website, drdravonjames.com. I say marvelous because if you visited it before, it was good. It was great. I liked it. But we've revamped this website, and we've got so many wonderful things on there for you. We've got amazing gifts 
things like how to improve your uh, self-esteem and your self-confidence, who couldn't use that? We all could, right? We, we Life, you know, gives us a licking and we keep on ticking, but uh, sometimes we need to brush up on that self-esteem and that self-confidence. So I encourage you, go onto the website, go frequently, dig around, avail yourself to some of that free stuff there. Thank you and always thank you for those who have, who have uh, sent me email questions and, and con, uh, connect it with me through our website. And if you haven't done that, you have questions or you have show ideas. I love getting that stuff. I absolutely love it. So continue to do that. Love that. And I'll try to answer as many things online. I mean, on the air. Of course, I do, you know, I do respond via uh, email as well, but I like to answer things on the air because if you've got that question, perhaps somebody else does too. So uh, thank you to all our listeners who are doing that. As you know, our theme in 2022 is it's time to improve my life. I just smile every time I say that because I love it. Who couldn't do with some life improvement, whether it's in your health, your wealth or your relationships, right? We all want, we, as we continue to move forward on this journey called life, right? We want to improve, right? So it is time right now and on the, joining with us, partner with us on this everyday peace journey is one great way to do that, to take accountability for improving our life. So that leads us to our everyday peace moment. For those of you, and I know there are a number of you who do who follow me on my Facebook group, Leaders in High Heels. You know, we've been talking about how to reinvent ourselves. Did you know you could do that? You could, you, the you that you are could be reinvented. In fact, we have to make the same decisions every day in order to continue to be the same person we were yesterday. So just by making one tiny new decision today, you can start to develop yourself into the person you've always wanted to be. You, I, we are just one decision away from being our next, the next version of ourselves, right? The the next version that I, I call the you know, version 2.0 or 2.2, whatever version you happen to be on. But we're just one decision away. And so I'm grateful that you make the decision to join us on, on the Everyday peace show. Hopefully you'll hear something here today that will inspire you on your next part of your journey. That leads me to our first guest. We got an amazing lineup today, guys. Amazing guest today. Our first guest is Dr. Jacob Teitelbaum. And Dr. Jacob Teitelbaum is one of the most frequently quoted integrative pain and fibromyalgia medical authorities in the world right here for you on the Dr. Drayvon James Everyday Peace Show. Imagine that. He is the author of the best-selling um, book Fatigue, From Fatigue to Fantastic, From Fatigue to Fantastic, Pain-Free 123, The Complete Guide to Beating Sugar Addiction, um, Real Cause, Real Cure, The Fatigue and, and Fibromyalgia Solution, Diabetes is Optional, and the popular free smartphone app Cures A through Z. He is the lead author of seven studies on effective treatment for fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue syndrome, and a study of effective treatment for autism using NAET. Dr. Teitelbaum appears often as guest on many shows, so we're excited to have him here today as we discuss, is your chronic fatigue syndrome linked to COVID? Welcome to the show, Dr. Teitelbaum. Drevon, great to be with you and with everybody else. And for those of you out there with chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, 
or long COVID, persistent COVID symptoms, know that these are all very treatable. I've been there, done that. I uh, have done uh, now eight studies, actually, and you can get better. Well, that's such a great way to start off is to know that there's hope and you can get better. So for those uh, individuals who have chronic fatigue syndrome, I know you don't need an explanation of that. But for those people who may not, let's start off with just a brief um, introduction to what that is. What's life look like for a person who's suffering from chronic fatigue syndrome? Well, when you have the paradox of not being able to sleep despite being exhausted, uh, you're waking up multiple times a night, takes forever to fall asleep, and even when you do, you don't feel rested. You have brain fog, difficulty with board finding or substitution. You may even have widespread pain. Uh, you go to the doctor, the doctor says the tests are all normal, implies there's nothing wrong with sleep, uh, that, that he can't find anything wrong with you, so you're crazy, which is abusive, by the way. Um, and you start to wonder if you're crazy, and sometimes you can work, but that's all you have energy for. Some people are bedbound. Um, it can be very devastating, and it's funny because I had it myself. I was in medical school, and I got what I called the drop-dead flu. It actually knocked me out of medical school and left me homeless. Um, I was sleeping in parks, and it's as if the universe put a holistic homeless medical school sign on my park bench. Uh, all these holistic practitioners came by, and I'm a med student. I don't know even what holistic medicine. They each taught me bits and pieces of what I needed to recover. Um, it taught me that there's a blessing in everything. Um, it turned out to be an amazing gift because I spent the last 45 years making effective treatment available for everybody with these conditions. You know, and, and I know your story. I've read it. Every time I come across that part which says that, you were a medical student, and because of the chronic fatigue syndrome, you went from being a medical student to being homeless. It just stops me right there for two reasons. How serious is this? And the second reason is, but for the grace of God. I mean, because perhaps you wouldn't be so passionate and, and relentless mm -hmm. in your study of this, hadn't you mm -hmm. experienced that? And you've done tremendous work and you've had tremendous results, right? Because you are connected to this so intimately. So, you know, I, I, I'm saddened because you had to go through that, but I'm grateful to the rest of us who are benefited from the fact that you persevered in those earth angels, as I call those naturopathic and holistic and homeopathic um gurus came by and shared all this information with you. And here you are being able to fuse all this together into an amazing um, practice and providing, uh, giving people back their life, really giving them back their life. And as, as I hear you talk about fatigue, and I hope I have some listeners who I talked to over the weekend about this, who uh, were joining the show, because I want to give one question from the very beginning that someone asked me. I said, hey, if you have that um, chronic fatigue syndrome and you're not sleeping well, but you are, um, you know, you got, you, you're losing your words sometimes, you're feeling a little foggy, but you're still functioning, you're still going to work, you're still, you know, how do you know it's chronic fatigue syndrome? Like, there are people, there, there are degrees of this, right? Oh, totally. Um, from the walking wounded, as I mentioned, to the bed bound. And again, the simple thing, can you get a good night's sleep? distinguishes normal or severe fatigue from where you've tripped a circuit breaker in the brain called the hypothalamus, which is chronic fatigue syndrome. That insomnia 
the brain fog that goes with it tells you this is not just regular fatigue. Uh, but our studies show this is very treatable. 91% of people improve with an average 90% increase in quality of life by optimizing energy production with what we call the SHINE protocol, optimizing sleep, hormones, even if the blood tests are normal, addressing infections, nutritional support, and just enough exercise to keep conditioning, not the pushing exercise, which will leave you bud bound, but enough that you don't decondition. You will find, and there are literally dozens of things that can be really helpful that can get you feeling better in the next couple of weeks. Oh, that is tremendously good news. And we know that, of course, with the COVID, which we, you know, we like to say we're on a we're getting better, but we're still dealing with it, especially in my area here. I work in a hospital. Our cases are, are, are lower, lower. I won't say we have no cases, but they're lower now. But there are numerous people reporting persistent fatigue lasting months after their COVID infection. And this has been called the long haulers syndrome. Let's talk to us a little bit about that. Exactly. Anything that triggers an energy crisis, and that includes over a dozen infections, uh, can basically trip a circuit breaker. Um, so the symptoms we mentioned, but you can also see the lung symptoms with cough or shortness of breath. Um, you can see heart involvement. You can see gut involvement. And we're not going to have time to go through each of these today, but every one of those is treatable. Wow. Wow. It's amazing to me, and, and I know to a lot of our listeners, too, that this COVID has had such far-reaching implications for, for our society, you know, and, and health implications beyond what was in the popular news stories, right? There's so much more uh, in this, you know, this four or five letters, right, COVID. There's so much more in there that uh, people are dealing with the after effects of COVID. And as you mentioned, there are lots of symptoms. So how would a person even begin to say, oh, this is something that I need to go get checked out? And how would a physician be cued into the fact that, oh, this is long haul, long, long haul syndrome? Uh, exactly. Tired, achy, brain fog, can't sleep, uh, persistent shortness of breath after COVID. Uh, these are the signs that tell you. Unfortunately, most physicians are uh, utterly clueless, to be gracious about it, about how to effectively treat this condition. Uh, but the good news is that a lot of it you can do on your own. Um, for example, three studies that we've um, done in the last two years looking at post-viral chronic fatigue syndrome, I have people start with a vitamin powder called the Energy Revitalization System, um, something called the Smart Energy System, and, and then an herbal called HRG80 Red Ginseng. In the three studies that we did, uh, the latter two increased energy an average of about 70%. So these are quick things you can do on your own. Uh, the book will talk about how to get sleep, and you can even just start with high-dose melatonin. Um, you can start with some Benadryl. And there are simple things you can do to start. Uh, there are herbal mixes that can help you sleep. Um, so and, uh, adrenal, an especially important thing, and people can email me uh, for some home tests they can do for what's called orthostatic intolerance, which is a very common part where your blood pressure drops and your pulse shoots up. Um, it's called POTS. Uh, my email address is fatigue.toc at gmail.com. You can just ask for the free home tests. But if you're lying down and you check your pulse after 10 minutes and then you stand up 
and check your pulse every minute for 10 minutes. If it goes up more than 20 beats a minute, you have orthostatic intolerance, and it's very, very treatable. The information sheet says start with increased salt and water, compression stockings, and then goes down the list of what to do. Uh, that uh, trouble with blood going down to your legs and staying there when you stand up is a classic symptom of post-COVID, uh, what's called long-hauler syndrome, uh, missed by most doctors, easy to diagnose at home, very, very treatable. I love the idea of you giving these tips that people can try at home. Again, we're talking to Dr. Teitelbaum. He is the author of the book, From Fatigue to Fantastic. Where is the book available, doctor? Um, Amazon and most anywhere. Amazon and most everywhere. I highly recommend it because um, the fatigue that we're talking about today associated with long haulers um, due to COVID, impacting COVID, but these symptoms that you're talking about could be used for people who are who have fatigue, chronic fatigue syndrome, that whether they had COVID or not previously. Is that correct? Correct. And even just with day-to-day fatigue, that's why I started with those three things, um, that can dramatically increase energy. Uh, I know when I have a busy day, in fact, before the show today, I took one of the HRT-80 red ginseng tablets. I, I recommend the chewable tablets. And people find their energy just perks right up. Oh, I love it. I love it. So let's just talk a little bit about that, because I love the fact that you brought up that we're talking about day to day fatigue. And I want to say that uh, I've worked in healthcare for over 32 years and uh, I don't uh, fatigue is uh, it's not something we talk about as often as we should. But I know I see a number of my colleagues who are, um, I would say, to use the term loosely, chronically fatigued, you know, they may not, they're, they're still functioning, but they're definitely functioning on less than five hours of sleep on a regular basis. And we know that sleep is so very important. And without it, uh, you know, our creativity goes down, our problem solving goes down, our healing, you know, ability to self-heal ourselves, you know, for our body to repair goes down. And I love the fact that this book here, From Fatigue to Fantastic, can be used by that particular audience. So people, you know, wherever you're working, work, there's no such thing, I think, any longer work-life balance. I think most people would say, you know, gosh, an average work, work for week is 50. 55 hours per week and then they got kids they got their caring for um aging parents they're tired and to know what we talked you mentioned the hrt red ginseng and um why is that i know i've, I've heard for years about ginseng and but why is that so Im- impactful in improving energy levels it just stimulates so many systems in the, in the body to optimize energy function in china Ginseng used to be the most popular herb there was um, until it got over-farmed because you need the wild ginseng to have the effect. Um, And now the nice thing about the HRG-80 is that it reproduces the old wild ginseng hydroponically. Um, It's been rather dramatic, but most every system in the body is helped by it. It's not just a single, we're going to hit this one system. Is there any such thing as becoming dependent? Now, I hear this a lot when I, you know, I'm a pharmacist, I run hospital pharmacies, but, you know, there's in in our medical system, there's all this uh, concern, as it should be, you know, we don't know something, we want to research it and find out more about it. But is there any uh, concern about people becoming dependent upon things like ginseng? Uh, 
No. <laughs> it's not that kind of thing. It just augments systems without poisoning them like many medications do. It's something that can be used every day or just as needed. Um, and we just don't see uh, problems with that. It's the same as we see with vitamins and minerals. It augments the systems. Um, and the there are many herbals that balance the systems. Um, the herbals and nutrients tend to support systems and bring harmony in the systems, where medications tend to work by poisoning systems. They're very different things. Oh, I like the way you said that. You know, our our, our medicine, uh, we shut think we we shut down systems, right? That's what we do. We are we are. That's how we that's how we heal. We shut certain things down. And I love the way you said that. That's that is very accurate and very easy to understand how how we how we treat things here instead of getting in there and augmenting systems. So that's that's a great way to do. I understand that you have also completed three studies in the last two years on effective treatment of um, for post-viral chronic fatigue syndrome, mm-hmm. uh, let's talk a little bit. How did you how did you conduct these studies? You know, shed some light on us. You know what you found, where you got these subjects from too. I think that's always interesting to me. Is the subjects that well, we're studying? It's it's fun because the my studies focus on what you can do to get better, and I have very large newsletter. Uh, readership with people with chronic fatigue syndrome and fibromyalgia. Um, so we simply put out that those who wanted to be in the study. So for the uh, first, in the one study was, was the HRG80, uh, Red Ginseng. Uh, we had 188 people in the study. Um, and then we divided, we went ahead and gave them different kinds of the Red Ginseng. Um, and we looked at uh, several key things. How was their overall well-being, energy, pain, sleep, cognitive function, and stamina. Uh, those were the main outcome measures that we did, and there's a single outcome measure to put them all together. Um, and that's what we found, where 60% of people felt quite a bit better uh, with simply taking the ginseng. Uh, and this is by three weeks' time, people were feeling better. Um, although I a lot of people feel even with the first uh, tablet that they take. And again, the studies that showed that the chewable tablets, uh, which have much better absorption, were more effective than the capsules. Um, and again, so what we're seeing is that uh, about an average 70% increase in stamina in the people who improved, which is quite dramatic for the chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, and post-viral fatigue. Um, another study, we looked at a product that's not available in the United States called Recovery Factors. It's a serum extract that's available in Europe. Um, and that's, for those interested, to be at recoveryfactors.com, but it won't be available in the United States for about six months. Um, the most recent study we did was Smart Energy System, again, recruiting from the newsletter for people with CFS, fibromyalgia, and post-viral fatigue. Um, it's a mix of ribose, ashwagandha, roliota, Oriolus, Cassandra, green tea extract, and licorice. And we saw similar effects. Um, we, you'll see, and we had done uh, two earlier studies on ribose that showed quite dramatic improvement, uh, which was augmented by this combination. Um, so most people will see about a 60, uh, 60% of people roughly will improve. Um, and by combining the smart energy system, and the HRG 80 red ginseng and the energy revitalization system. Uh, a very large percent of people, even if they just have regular uh, day-to-day fatigue, 
will double their energy within a month. Oh, my goodness. And I can just see the listeners jumping up and down if they had the energy, right? To double your energy or to see an an increase of that magnitude in your energy is phenomenal. And something just popped in my head. So I'm going to ask it for the listener who I have. (laughs) I'm hearing in my head right now is that the ginseng, it will help you have more energy during the day. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, how of course, you want to make sure, I guess, that you're taking it during the day so you're not taking it too close to bedtime. But will will this have any negative impact if you're already having that fatigue and having a difficult time sleeping at night? Of course, you're taking the ginseng. You're, uh, you're, you're able to function better during the day. But is there any negative impact on the already compromised sleeping at night? Well, Trifon, here's the thing that culturally we associate uh, sedatives with sleep and stimulants with blocking sleep. But the per, the reason for the insomnia is because we don't have enough energy for the sleep center to work. It's a funny thing. And that's why in um, all four of the most recent studies we did, we looked at sleep as an outcome measure. Did it help or worsen yeah. sleep? And sleep actually improved. So you want to take these things in the morning or early afternoon, um, especially the smart energy system because of the licorice. The licorice helps adrenal function, um, and you don't want to raise adrenal at night. Um, in, in the studies, sleep improved markedly with these treatments. So because you give your body the energy, the sleep center can work. Uh, low energy is what causes the poor sleep and fibromyalgia. Um, so it helps both. Oh, I love this. And we have just about two minutes left. And I just want to repeat that for our listeners so that you know that we're talking to Dr. Teitelbaum today. And he is talking to us about chronic fatigue. His book is From Fatigue to Fantastic. If you're feeling low energy, I highly recommend that you visit Amazon or go anywhere books are sold and pick up this book, From Fatigue to Fantastic. But you just shed light on something that I think maybe the first time I've heard it that said that way is that we need a lot of times insomnia occurs because we don't have the energy to ignite the, the, the system that's supposed to help us to sleep. So mm-hmm. taking, you know, these supplements and where, where can we get these supplements, by the way? I think that's a very important question. www.endelikenancydelikedavidfatigue.com. And you can find all of these there. But I'd like to finish up with one more thing. If you take everything you need physically, to get you feeling better. So you can go back to what made you sick in the first place and the life you hate, you will have done nothing for yourself. So we talked about the biochemistry of healing for these conditions. But as you get better, or as you get better, use your energy for things that feed your soul. Use your energy for those things that feel good, not the things you think you should do. Don't go around shooting on yourself. I should do this, should do the other. See what makes your soul sing. See what feels great to you. Use your energy for that, and your body will trust you to release more energy and facilitate the healing. Oh, I love it. That's a good place to end, Dr. Teitelbaum. Thank you so much for being our guest. Remember, do not use your energy to should on yourself. Find things that make your soul sing. Again, we're talking to Dr. Teitelbaum. The name of the book is From Fatigue to Fantastic. Pick it up today. Feel better tomorrow. I'm Dr. Drayvon James. You've been a fabulous guest. We're going to head into a commercial break and come right back with our next amazing guest.
All are welcome here. You're listening to UnityOnlineRadio.org, the voice of an awakening world. Create and build the life of your dreams. Welcome back to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Drayvon James, and this is Everyday Peace. Well, I got to tell you, I got to ask you, have you ever felt like enough is enough? I can't take another thing. I quit. Have you ever had that feeling? Have you ever just wanted to lie down in the middle of the floor and throw a temper tantrum and say, I won't do another thing? I can't. I know I've been there in my life. So if you have um, and if you may be in that place right now in your life, you're going to really want to get close to your uh, device, whatever you're listening to us on right now, and listen to our next guest, Dr. Tiffany Tate Moore, as she talks to us about the power of resilience. Dr. Tiffany Tate Moore is a first-time author from Compton, California. She is a graduate of UC Santa Barbara, where she earned her Bachelor's of Science degree in Cellular and Developmental Biology with a Black Studies minor. After earning her medical doctorate degree from Meharry Medical College and completing her OBGYN internship at Naval Medical Center in San Diego, she went on to serve as a general medical officer for the Seabees. She served during Operation Enduring Freedom and the Global War on Terrorism. Dr. Moore completed her obstetrics and gynecology residency at Vanderbilt University Medical Center in Nashville, Tennessee, and practiced for 20 years before sustaining a hand injury that led to her medical retirement. Her life experiences, including those she shared with her friends, have overflowed into a brand new must-read book. That book is called Floetry. Uh, welcome to the show, Dr. Tiffany Moore. Hello. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Dr. Draven James. It is my pleasure to be here to talk to you and your listeners. I, thank you. I got to tell you, I know your story because I've read your story, but I really want to start. We have 18 minutes. I told you before we came on, not nearly enough to unpack everything. I want to get to the book, Floor Tree, and the importance of resilience. In the, it, it, what I heard, well, we'll talk about what I heard, but what I know about your story is that there was something in you that is extraordinary, but it exists in each and every one of us. In your work, your book helps to helps us to ignite and unite to, so that we, too, can find the strength to be resilient and overcome. So let's start at the very beginning. I've already told the world, the whole world knows, you're an incredible doctor. You had a hand injury, and you couldn't practice medicine anymore. As challenging as that may sound, the start of your journey to getting that medical degree was quite challenging as well. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes. Um, you know, I wasn't raised by my parents. Both of my parents um, had issues with drugs. And so my aunt, who was my mother's sister, raised me. Um, my father was homeless. I never met him. And my mother struggled with drug addiction, and so she never raised me. I was taken from her at the age of two, and my aunt raised me. And basically, 
uh, as a single parent, it was very difficult for her because um, she had two children of her own. And so she worked really, really hard. So essentially I was raised by um, the community. <laughs> so they all kind of lent, uh, lent a hand and um, helped a lot. So there's a lot of poems about community assistance and, um, and helping out. And that's why I talk a lot about that in the in the poetry book. Um, also, you know, when I met God, I met God by playing in a playground <laughs> at a park. And um, my family didn't really go to church because, again, my aunt was essentially a workaholic. Um, and so when I was uh, growing up, I actually was shot in a drive-by shooting while at Bible study. Um So it wasn't like I was doing anything bad. I got hit by a bullet at Bible study. Um, I just want to stop you right there for one second. How many people would say, I'm at Bible study, I got shot in the back, and I take that as a sign to keep going to Bible study? Most people say, that's it for me. That's it for me, right? But there is something in you that, and when I read your story, that stuck out to me that, you know, here you, you come from an unchurched background. And you you feel compelled to develop this relationship with the Lord. You're you're there. You're doing Bible study. You could have been out doing a number of things and got shot, but here you are at Bible study and you get shot. And from there, how do you? What happens with your life? How, what, what what's the next decision that you make? Well, well, me being a shot was a miracle because I should have been paralyzed or killed. Because the bullet mm-hmm. came through the house, through the wall, hit me in the back. And when the ambulance showed up, they were amazed that I was up and walking around. They they, they actually said that you are a miracle. They said you mm. should not be able to do what you were doing. And so um, the ambulance responders, the first responders, the medics, they couldn't believe that I was doing what I was doing and that God had protected me in the midst of being shot the way I was shot because they couldn't believe it. They looked at where the bullet hit me and they looked at the fact that I was up, that I was walking around. I mean, they, they saw the blood pouring down my back and they just, they, they just could not fathom the miracle of what had happened to me and the extent of how miraculously I was okay. So the fact that I was as okay as I was, I attribute that to me being at Bible study and me being protected and covered by the blood of Jesus because I was at Bible study. I was okay Mm. because I was at Bible study because I really should have been paralyzed. Yes. Yeah. And that's a great takeaway, right? I think sometimes we miss that in the pain of life, right? We're talking about being resilient today, but here, you know, it's almost like Jonah in the belly of the well, right? Oh, this is a horrible thing. Well, this is also a protective place for you for a little while, right? And so, yeah, it was painful and I was, I was hurt and I was bleeding, but it really should have been so much worse. Uh, So, you know, yeah, I, I, I hurt for a while, but compared to how it could have and should have been, I was very blessed in the situation. Yeah. Absolutely. And I love the fact that it's about perspective. You chose to see that you're in pain, physical pain, right? Uh, that, you know, the physical pain, one of the one of the hardest things to deal with, you know, uh, and, and still remain faithful and say, OK, I'm committed to this walk with the Lord. So all this happens. You're not even in medical school yet. This is on your way to making the decision 
to um, to go to medical school and, and do all this. So you stay the course. You 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 decided to give your life to the Lord. You've mm-hmm. been shot. A number of other things. There was there was physical abuse, sexual abuse. There was all sorts of things happening to you during this childhood. But you stay the course. Yes. And yes. My aunt had boyfriends who did not like the fact that I was there and I wasn't her child. So they took that out on me when she wasn't around. <laughs> and so, um, and I never disclosed that to her until I was an adult. <laughs> um, and so that, you know, there was all these different issues um, and that, you know, I just turned to my education, you know, as opposed to, you know, alcohol or drugs, because my mother set the example of what not to do. And so I knew that alcohol and drugs was not the answer. And, you know, they had all these commercials that education was the key to my future. So I was like, well, I want a future other than the future that she has. So I better focus on my education. Yeah. So, and I love that too, talking about you, you made this choice and what do you think was the difference? I mean, you could have easily decided, Hey, you know, I'm not being cared for, you know, there's no oversight. Your, your aunt is a workaholic. She's trying to do the best that she can to provide for you and her two children. And there, there are different various men in the house. You're being raised by the community. We all know how that goes, right? You could be out there for as long as you want, right? Till the street lights come on and maybe a little later sometimes, right? And, but you made this decision. So you had some, examples around you that were kind of going in the wrong direction. Um, but how did you, what made you cleave to your decision that education was the way out? You know, honestly, I really believe it was the grace of God. <laughs> you know, um, when I heard uh, my aunt's son, who I lovingly called my, you know, my brother, um, he started dating a woman who was into God, and I started going to church with him, and that's when I, you know, she, she was the one who had to make the call saying, Timmy got shot. Um, <laughs> and so um, we would volunteer with the church mission, and we would drive around the streets of L.A. and feed the homeless, and that was when I decided that I wanted to become a physician, you know, uh, serving the homeless, you know, bowl of beans, and I would see the sickly people, and I wanted to help them. And so that was kind of when I decided I wanted to help people, and I wanted to dedicate my life to serving people. And um, I figured that might be a way to serve and to help. And I just knew that I wanted to do more, and I just felt that God really moved within me and put something in me to to serve, just a heart of service. So your resilience, you're right now. You've you've we're before medical school. You've you've bounced back. You know, I think there was a book years ago, The Art of the Bounce Back, right? So you've bounced back. You you you've held steady to your conviction about education and being drug free and not living that life. And what I'm hearing is that it's connected to your heart to serve, to give back. Yes, and I think because I was given so much, you know, um, my my mother was one of 12 kids, and they grew up poor. And so, you know, and my aunt, you know, she worked at the supermarket, the local supermarket. She was a cashier, and she worked her way up to become a manager. And so she always came home with food. And so while we weren't, you know, 
really poor. Um, they were kids who didn't have as much as we had, but we always had food and we always had bread. And so, um, you know, I was always like a little hostess. So when the kids would be hungry and we would go out and play tag and uh, they would be hungry, I would make sandwiches for everybody. Now, they would be sugar sandwiches and syrup sandwiches. They weren't very healthy sandwiches. <laughs> and so <laughs> little ghetto sandwiches. <laughs> And so, right. I know those sandwiches. I know yeah. those sandwiches. <laughs> and so, you know, I would go out and I would serve sandwiches to everybody. And so, um, you know, it's something that I, I would do. And she would always come home, where's all the bread? And I would just sit there and smile because yeah, I wasn't going to tell her I gave it out to all the kids in the neighborhood. And so she would have to come home with bread almost every day or every other day. And so it was just something that I knew needed to be done so I would do it. And so I always, I've always wanted to help people. I've always wanted to help out. I've always wanted to serve because people have always done that for my family. You know, when people donated to the fire department or to the police department, they were donating to my, um, my aunts and my uncles because, you know, mm-hmm. my grandparents were poor. <laughs> and so, you know, that's who they were donating to. So I always believed in, um, I guess, paying it forward. And so wherever I've gone, I've always wanted to make that place a better place or to help out. And so I've always tried to be um, an inclusive person and make people feel welcome and wanted. And maybe that stems from my sense of abandonment from my parents because they were never there for me. You know, there's a whole different psychological issue (laughs) Um, if you want to break it down. But I think that I've always focused on trying to help out and to um, to support people and include people. And I think that when I look at um, being resilient and when people fall down and when people are down on their luck, I think about how can I help people? How can I encourage people? How can I lift them up? How can I support people? And I think that that has always rolled forward when I was in undergraduate school. Um, you know, I was in multiple organizations to help uplift and, um, and, and encourage people. When I was in medical school, I did the same thing. I kind of organized what was called the Angel Tree, which is a community outreach program, um, Lifting As We Climb, another community outreach program. I was always focused on community outreach. Even when I was in the military, I was the um, physician representative on the child family advocacy group to support in um, child abuse cases, you know, to help provide guidance for those families. And so I've always focused on supporting and helping those who need help the most. Oh, I love that. And and so that's going to take us right up to, you mentioned your medical career and you had a great career as a medical physician, OBGYN, and then all of a sudden there's an accident and now you lose your livelihood. Talk to yeah. us a little bit about that accident, how it left you. Uh, and we, you know, we got to go through it kind of quickly. I didn't realize we don't have a, this story is so wonderful in the fact that you, as a resilient being, as a person who makes a choice to be resilient, have so much to teach us. But we're gonna have to go through that kind of quickly because I want to get to the part where you even through anxiety and depression, make a decision. So bring us up to date from the accident to that decision. So I was um, leaving a trailer um, and, you know, my 
ankle rolled and it slipped through some holes in the stairs. And um, I kind of did a swan dive onto the concrete. And when you fight with the concrete, unfortunately, the concrete wins. And so I, you know, messed up my both wrists, both knees, and my ankles. So at one point, I was in bilateral, bilateral, which means both. I had wrist braces, bilateral knee braces, and bilateral ankle braces. So I was getting steroid shots in both of my wrists, both of my knees, and both of my ankles. And I did that for about two years before I decided to have surgery because the pain got so bad. And then I underwent six surgeries over two years in an effort to try to get back to, to work. So I had surgery on both my left and right wrists, two surgeries on my left wrist, Surgeries on both of my right and left knee and surgery on my left ankle. And one of the surgeries left my right wrist with a permanent immobility, which means I don't have good good motion. And as a right-handed surgeon, that meant that I could not be a surgeon anymore. And for me, you know, that was devastating. I had just become a partner physician. I was in my prime. I was like, okay, God, I had overcome all these things. I had just made it. This is not what we had agreed upon. I'm like, no, we need a come to Jesus moment. I'm like, we, you, you. This is not what your word said. Um, this is not what we had agreed upon. Um, I'd worked too doggone hard to get to this point. So there was a lot of stress. There was a lot of anxiety. There was a lot of depression. Um, You know, I ate my feelings. I put on about 50 pounds. Um, I was ready to give up. I was in despair. Um, And so I I was just terrible. Um, I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want to do anything. And I kind of withdrew from everything. And so it took me a while to really come to myself. And, you know, God really spoke to me. I was like, hey, have you forgotten everything I've done for you before? Um, you really need to come out of this. Um, and a friend talked to me. It was like, hey, Tiff, you, 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 you really do need to come out of this. Um, and so I began to start writing. And I, be, I wrote myself out of this. And when I started writing, and so it was interesting when you talked about journaling, because essentially my poetry was kind of that, it took that form. When I started writing my poetry, I didn't write it with the intent to publish it. Um, and I wrote it like kind of in the memo section. I started writing it in the memo section of my iPhone. I would write it when I couldn't sleep and different things like that. And um, I would write it for me, and I would write about how good God was, and I would reflect on different things God had done for me, and I would just start praising God. And so, um, and then, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement, different things. So I would just write about different things I was emotional about. And so um, it made me feel better to get my emotions out. It was kind of like verbal vomit. <laughs> just yeah. to, bleh, just to get there's it out. More, <laughs> right, there's more room out than in. And I love the fact that you wrote it. But even even in that, what I hear is, and I hope that the, and you'll tell me if I'm hearing the wrong thing, but I've. What I'm hearing is that the way to this resilience that you have demonstrated through your lifetime has been a fo- by focusing on service. You know, here you are, you've lost your livelihood. This is how you make your living with doing surgeries. You can no longer perform surgery because of the injury to your right hand. And um, 
you and I talked before we came on the air, the, the anxiety, the depression, the weight gain, all of that, that you're human, you are human and you had that experience, but you're able to pull yourself through that, become this amazing author because you're writing out your feelings. There we are again, right? We're putting it out in the universe so that someone else eventually can read this and connect and say, oh my gosh, I feel this. I feel this. And there's another person on the planet who felt this too. And if she's okay, God, if you pulled her through it, what would you do for me? Right? Yeah. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. Can you, you know, and I'm, I'm talking a lot about service because when I listen to your, when I read your work and I listen to your, to your, to you talk and you tell your story, it's always punctuated with, and I wanted to give back in some way I wanted to help. And one of the things that I've always heard, and maybe you have too, is that one of the ways to pull ourselves out of, um, you know, depression, and, I, and I'm, I'm not, and I'm not discounting antidepressants or anything at age, but one way to help whatever course of therapy you're using is to also get involved with something that puts you in, in, in connection with giving, serving other people, because it takes our attention off of ourselves, right? I absolutely believe that. It helped significantly. I know I got involved uh, more with my sorority. Um, I got more involved with my church. And so, you know, I've always been involved with my children, um, but I got more involved with more of their um, activities. And so it really does help to focus, take, let more, it takes the focus off of your problems and you start realizing that you are more. And it took a lot for me to realize that I'm more than my profession. Mm. My profession is not my identity. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. You are more than your profession. Your profession, your title, whether, well, I don't care what it is, right? Other than child of God, it's temporary. Absolutely. <laughs> right? It is temporary. Right. I love that, that you're more than your profession, because so often we do get really connected to that because we spend so much time. I know at the top of the show I was talking about, you know, gone are the days where we work in 40 hours. Most people are working 50 hours as a standard week and and then more than that. And we become so connected to that. And when we lose that and have to face, who am I? You found your way back to Mm -hmm. never give up. Just, just don't give up. Oh. Keep trying. Wow. Never give up. It's always too soon to give up and it's never too late to start. I tell my kids that all of the time, but never give up, never give up. Another breath is another opportunity right? and you don't have to do it, whatever the it is for you, you know, um, you don't have to do it the way other people do it. You're unique. You have your own journey. And on the Everyday Peace Show, on our show here, we have a theme this year, which is um, it's time to improve my life. And I love um, the idea of resilience because resilience will be necessary in the journey of life. Resilience will be a part of that. We will all have to decide 
that it's time to get up, brush ourselves off, you know, square our shoulders up, put that smile on and march forward. And that's exactly what you did. So tell us about the book. Tell us where we can get the book, um, the title, all of that again. Yes, the title is called Flowetry, a collection of 108 poetic flows on life, love, and liturgical issues. You can get it at Barnes & Nobles, Amazon, Apple, Kindle, anywhere where books are sold. It is also available on um, ebook. Oh, I love it. I love it. And the book, again, is inspired. It was the thing that helped you to reengage, right? To say, Absolutely. hey, I'm gonna, you know, um, a horrible thing has has happened. What What are some tips that you would give? Um, you have about two minutes, a little over a little over a minute. Um, what was a couple of tips that you would give to our listeners who are struggling right now and need to find a way to get up and get back in the game? I would say that life is going to throw you curveballs. Trust me on that. I was a board-certified obstetrician-gynecologist, a surgeon, and now I am a retired author of poetry. Trust me, I did not see that one coming. Curveballs! <laughs> and so... Um, just know that no matter what happens, the most important thing is that you breathe in, breathe out, take one step at a time, and as long as you have breath in your body, you can keep moving forward, you can try a different career path, and you can just keep trying. And it doesn't matter how many different options and different paths you go, as long as you can keep going, there's a different path you can take and a different option you can try. Just keep trying. Yeah. I love it. Remember to breathe in, breathe out, and keep going, right? You know, there'll be, a, there'll be more light on the next step. So keep moving. It's so important. It's so important. I'm Dr. Drayvon James. This is Everyday Peace. Our fabulous guest today has been Dr. Tiffany Tate Moore. Her book is Flowetry, which is available at Barnes and Nobles. Please run out and get it. And I'd love to have you back here as my special guest, each and every one of you listeners on Everyday Peace next week, same time. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. We spend a third of our lives sleeping and dreaming, yet most of us have no idea what goes on during that time. I'm Kelly Sullivan Walden, and as a dream expert and best-selling author, I'm here to empower you to mine the gold from your nighttime dreams. Join me on the Kelly Sullivan Walden Show, part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network, available wherever you get your podcasts. Until we meet again, don't take your dreams lying down. <laughs>